It's the Black Swan Podcast, baby. We're raw. And welcome to the week five edition of the Black Swarm Podcast. Hank Piper here with Rob Antonell. How you doing tonight, buddy? Hey, pretty good. All right. Now, I guess let's just get right into a game that, by all accounts, should have been a running clock, but actually turned into a one hell of a shootout, unfortunately. Um, what did you think of the Warren game? I know we were talking about it off air. You didn't actually catch all of it, but um, from what you did see, let's hear it. Yeah, so, I mean, like we were just talking about off air, um, so I, I stayed home, still wasn't feeling great. Um wasn't a whole lot of plans going on. I know you were you had to be up there for other reasons, so uh decided to stay home, watch the live stream, and like I said, I wasn't feeling great still, so I watched some of it. I think I might have missed like the kickoff, but I, I watched the beginning for sure. Um before, you know, mixing in some naps and watching some other some other things. But, I mean, like you said, it seemed at the beginning like we were just going to blow them out of the water. You know, I know our group text was blowing up, and it was the whole concept was, you know, wow, Warren stinks. We're just killing them. They're horrible. You know, every week we play our little spread game, try to decide, you know, how much Masson's going to win by each of us. And, um. Yeah, I started talking about it. I was like, oh, whoever has the highest spread is obviously going to win this week because we're going to kill them. Yep. And, uh, you know, I think I fell asleep for a little bit or, you know, kind of zoned out for a little while. And then I, I started hearing some rumblings on Twitter and in the group text about how Warren's coming back. And I'm like, what? What do you mean they're coming back? They, they did not look good at all when I was watching it. So then I turned it back on. Of course, it's a closer game. And, uh, you know, like the whole conversation we had off air, as soon as I turn it on, you know, it's like Warren goes three and out, three and out. Like, I'm like, <laughs> I watched the team stink it up in the first quarter. I turned the game back on. They may have scored a lot of points while I was gone. But as soon as I turn it back on, like, it's that same horrible team again. Like, you know, we, you were going over the stats for me real quick. You know, sounds like the quarterback had a you know humongous game. They, so they obviously had some receivers, some big plays, some big yardage, and, you know, I, I don't think I saw him complete a pass. I, I think every time I watched was his, like, 12 incompletions or 13 incompletions. Yeah. I don't think I saw him complete one. So, I mean, maybe that was the issue. I stopped watching. You know, big superstitious guy here, you guys. Yeah. So, um, then I caught the end of it, obviously. You know, when it got that close, I had to start really watching again. You know, it became a game. And uh, things got interesting. And, you know, you come out with a win. I, I can only assume there's a lot of teaching points there. Mind you, I've missed all of them because we just look spectacular <laughs> every single time I had it on. But obviously with situations like that, there, there's stuff to take away from it. You know, um, I heard that, you know, some from some other people, they're like, oh, defense didn't look great. I mean, obviously, I guess if you give up a lot of points, a lot of yards, like somewhere in that equation had to have been you know defense kind of letting things up but like i said they looked amazing when i was watching it so i missed all of warren's scoring all of the yards um but yeah i can only imagine that there's probably some breakdowns um i have a hard time believing that they just marched on us for how many points they have like 40 points 38 points uh um, points, points, points. 
I have a hard time believing that they just marched on us. Oh, like 46 points. 46 points. Like, yeah. If I had to guess, I'd say there's probably a lot of big plays in there. Yeah. So, you know, you just got to lock it up, do a little bit better, stay focused in or something. Um, kind of hard for me to comment on it when every time I was looking out there, it was the 2000 Ravens defense. So, <laughs> <laughs> looked great for me, boys. You know, keep it up. <laughs> Um, so my, my main takeaway from that is you should watch the games more because obviously when, when you're watching it, we do extremely well. Yeah. So a big superstitious guy, you know, yeah. it's, and it's not like a set thing week to week. Every week it's a little bit different. And I remember we were playing Hoban in the regional championship. Oh, the whole glove scenario. Oh yeah. The oh, gloves thing. That was, do I wear both gloves? Do I wear just the left glove? Just the right glove? Do I wear the right glove while holding the left glove? Oh, man, it was back and forth. It was tiring. There might have been more It breaks. was exhausting. I know, like, that was a tough game. Yeah. Amazing. No one scored in the second half football game. Great defensive battle. But I was more tired than they were. I'll guarantee it. I was probably moving around more than they were, too. Yeah, I mean, there's some definite um, – a, a lot of adjustments going on. A lot of adjustments. Yeah. It, sometimes it works. Sometimes <laughs> then you got to figure out the right combination. Yeah. That's it. And, uh, you know, that every week. Every week something a little bit different. you got to figure out what it is. Yep. Um, so I was actually – I did make it to the game. Got to watch the whole thing. Uh, Warren started off – I mean, obviously starts off probably having a kickoff return for a touchdown. And yep. then uh, we kick it back to him. They didn't really do much. And it's like, okay, yeah, we're just going to roll these cats. It's This is not a game. Same old Warren. Same thing we've seen the last few years. Um, and then – their quarterback just decided that he was going to like be one of the greatest high school quarterbacks of all time and just started schlanging that thing. Yeah. Yeah, he, I mean he was making throws all night. That it was either he was either on the money and like looking incredible like he's going to go to Alabama and just destroy Ohio State in the national championship in like 5 years. Okay. Or he was throwing it in the dirt and making dumb plays and just looked horrendous. Yeah, that's what I saw. There was no in between. But I mean the kid ends up going um let me see here. And this was the kid that like hadn't started any game. I think when uh, on the roster from Booster Club, it said he like played the third series of the game beforehand. But he ends up going twenty-one for thirty-four, three hundred fifty-eight yards and a six touchdowns, along with nine carries, eighty yards, and another touchdown on the ground. He just decided he was going to be good that night. Those are mad numbers. Yeah, it's stupid. Um. Really, it was like the first two touchdowns just came on picking on a corner. Um, it, it looked like their best receiver just, you know, he was the better player between the two. It just turned into a couple one-on-ones in the end zone, and quarterback makes a good throw, puts the ball where it needs to be, and receiver makes the play. Third one, it was like a scramble drill that, you know, the Everybody's rolling right, receiver's rolling right, and then quarterback just reverses field, receiver breaks off back the other way. And it, Like, as a corner, you're not making that play. It, no. It's like, think of, like, almost a deep crosser where you just break back the other way. Yeah, as gotta, a corner, you're not. Yeah, and he was in great position to defend where he was going until yeah. he wasn't. Yeah, you got to get the quarterback at that point. Can't let him go across one way back. Yeah. I mean, you know, your job is to defend one route yep. and then maybe a little scramble after that, but you can't. Turn and course, yeah. It did seem like their best play was, like, broken play. Yeah. Uh, Sounds but, like a Warren team. Yeah. I mean, it was exactly what we said it was going to be. It's not the greatest football team, but they're going to come out. they got athletes. they got athletes. They can make plays. Did you happen to see the last touchdown they had? <coughs> they threw up the, um, threw up the bomb so, to yeah. the receiver, and 
corner was in a great position. It was his play to make. He jumps up to catch it, make the INT, and seal the game. And it just goes right through his hands to the receiver right behind him. Oh, yep. Yeah, yep. I did see that. It's so. like, all right, that is why you're playing cornerback, kid, because you just cannot catch a ball. Oh. It's tough sometimes. You think you're in a good spot, and it's like, I would rather be two yards further back than where I am right now. I mean, yeah, it was high. He did have to jump for it. But what is, like, the first thing they teach you when like when they teach you how to catch a football? Make the triangle with your hands. Make the triangle with your thumb and your finger. That's yeah, literally that, all he had to do. Yeah, that happens more times than, than you would think, though. Because I, I do remember seeing it and seeing the replay of it. And, yeah, you just wish you were two yards further back. One's a basket catch. The other yeah. one, you're jumping for your life. It's way up above your head. You're trying to get your hands to it. Um, more about being in position at mm-hmm. that point than actual catching yeah. skills. But, you know, if, you know, if nothing else... you. You would rather work on the positioning, I guess. You know, like you know, make sure you're in a better spot. In that mm-hmm. situation, receiver is in a better spot. It came down in his hands while you're trying to jump up and deflect it. So, um, you know, beware. No, no, there was no deflection. It was full on. Like I said try. They were they were both looking at the ball, and it's like okay, corners like a yard ahead of him. Yeah, he's all set. Sees ball coming. There's no like questioning where the ball is for him. He's just going up and making a catch. He got the going up part right. Yeah, I'm, my point is that the receiver, if I remember correctly, like didn't have to go up and get it. Correct, because it just came down into his hands. Yeah, he was in the better position. I'm not. I'm not saying he wasn't, but at that, the end that's of the my day, whole concept. At the end of the day, I would rather work on positioning than catching. You can call me a dick for this, but I will die on the hill of if the ball goes through your hands or hits your hands in any way. Yeah, no, make the catch. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm not faulting that i'm just saying like from a coaching standpoint from even from the player standpoint you're Mm -hmm. not going to go home and focus on learning how to catch yeah you're going to focus on leaning on the receiver following him for two more yards and then you know making him go over your back or something you know now you're in a better position that's easier to work on than just learning how to catch I don't know. I feel like Jugs Machine is pretty easy. You just go to the ball and, you know, see ball, catch ball. See ball, catch ball. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, it's easy in practice. There we go. <laughs> Fair enough. So, yeah. Um, I mean, it, it was actually kind of fun to watch our adjustment to the corner getting picked on early. After that, we kind of we put um, – who's 13? Hank, I missed two weeks in a row. Yeah, you're right. And I don't remember. I would have remembered if. Let me, let me go find this real quick. Because we played him at our OB back and then started playing games with him. Like, instead of just having him in his normal, like, uh-huh. five-off position, just outside linebacker, started, like, lining him up over the receiver, pressing him a little bit, and then playing his underneath zone. Yeah. And just doing some other stuff to, you know, kind of combat that whole one-on-one that they were picking on early. Mm-hmm. Um as far as the rest of their offense, I mean, like the one touchdown, the rushing touchdown he made, it was – it looked like they called just quarterback stretch right, which we had a zero blitz dialed up for, and he just like took three, four steps to the right, said, nope, not today, cut back across field, and just found a seam and scored. Yeah. Like it's, it was just like stupid stuff that somehow ended up – 46 points for them. Yeah, just a dude being a dude. Yeah, sometimes dudes are dudes, and that's like the epitome of high school ball right there. Mm-hmm. Um, as for our offense, I mean, we were pretty much moving the ball at will. You know, we were uh, – <coughs> um, 
we were just running the ball right down their throats. And from what I saw, like, we didn't really come out with anything new. Like, it wasn't, like, didn't look like we had anything that we particularly had ready for or needed for Warren. Mm -hmm. We just came out, did our stuff. Um, we're actually a surprisingly really good counter team. I think we were averaging, like, 10 yards a pop on that, which that's, I think, my favorite run play. I know power is God's play, but counter, there's just something to it that we – are really good at this year. Uh, another bad snap going into score on like the first or second touchdown. I remember Beasley was in it running back, bad snap, and it looked like it was just supposed to be power, but Beasley decides, okay, I'm not getting the ball. Let me go find somebody to block. Uh, quarterback, you know, gets actually a handle on it and turns a bad snap into a positive play for once. Mm -hmm. So luckily that was the only real other, the only bad snap for the night. So it looks like that issue's pretty much solved. Good. Um, Passing-wise, most of our stuff came on the RPOs. I know the backside hitch on some run plays was open pretty much all night. Hit that a couple times. The one touchdown pass was it was like a rollout left, and we had like a flood or sail concept called. And they, Warren covered it up pretty good. And dude's running, you know, looking for something. Looked like he wanted to run it, tuck it and run at one point. And he finds the backside crosser that just working underneath uh, the linebackers that – as a linebacker, you would think, you know, when you see rollout and you're not actually covering the play side routes, there's going to be a crosser coming there in backside, and they're just not looking for it at all. Yeah. Um, but he just hits the crosser. Um, dude just decides, okay, my turn to be a dude. Reverses field and yeah. touchdown. I saw that as well. Um, yeah, I mean, from what I saw, now that you mentioned it, you know, I, I do remember seeing, like, some rollouts. I thought that was good. Shortening the field, maybe some shorter throws as well, easier reads. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I know Trell had a big game. Like you said, we were running it pretty yeah. well. Uh, so it seemed like our offense was working pretty well. Um, I think we ran maybe a similar play to the one mm -hmm. you were talking about. Um and I, I remember it was a crucial – I don't know if it was third down, but I know it was like a big play. It was the third down right before the blocked uh, field goal attempt. And, uh, it, yeah, they throw that – the backside crosser, and it just goes right through Banks' hands, just yep. drops it. Hit him in the hands, and it's just – Great play, great throw, and uh, just, you know, an unfortunate drop. Mm -hmm. But that was, that's another one that kind of like stuck in my head. Like, you know, it was a crucial moment. We had it. Lost it, so. Yep. A um, couple other things. Like you said, Trell had an incredible game, what, like 287 on the ground. No lost yards. Um, no tackles for loss, so you just, you know, if if nothing else, he made it back to line of scrimmage, which is pretty impressive. Um, on the rollout thing, the throw that impressed me the most by the other quarterback, I remember they lined up in like a two-by-two, two, rolled out left, away from the quarterback's throwing arm. Mm -hmm. And they just called a smash concept. And the, okay. the receiver took a, the corner pretty skinny. I mean, this is deep. And he just hits dude. He manages to, like, stop, get his shoulders turned, hits dude in stride. And that was one of the touchdowns. Like, there's no defense for that. You know? He hit the flag? Yeah. Over top of the corner? Yes. Just there's no defense for that. I mean, the perfect throw, great catch, and it's like, all right, wow. Just more, this dude decided he wanted to slang it, and he slung it. Yeah, I mean, rolling to the left, like you like you just kind of described, um, you know, it's really important to make sure you get your shoulders turned back around. You know, you're running left, which means your right shoulder is facing upfield as mm -hmm. you're rolling left. 
and then somehow you have to contort your body so that now you can square your chest up towards your target, still be able to turn because for a natural throwing motion, your right shoulder is going to be further behind your left one. So it's like everything's like just opposite. As you're rolling to your left, you have to twist your body twice twice as far. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if this in this situation or not. I don't know if he kind of like came to a stop or if he slowed slowed down. He slowed down a little bit. It wasn't like it's, yeah. So yeah. yeah. It's really hard, you know, unless you're like Patrick's Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes to like just throw just pure arm talent, arm angle. Otherwise, you're going to have to slow down, kind of get your feet set, kind of turn your feet to help mm-hmm. you turn your body. But your momentum's still going left, and you're twisting your body to your right. So that's why it's important to slow down or even stop, you know. But, um, yeah, I mean, anytime you have a, a right-handed quarterback rolling left, it's a little bit tougher on them. Yep. Um, so they have to know. Either you just are an elite athlete and no one has to teach you your footwork. You can just go out there and slang it. Or somewhere along the line, somebody had to have kind of, like, worked with you. To like, hey, slow down, get your feet turned, get your hips, get your shoulders turned. We need to get we need to get ourselves facing our target. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I didn't see that one. But just, just watching him watching him the whole night, I, I don't think there was any teaching there. He was just just a just a dude being a dude. I'm yep. gonna keep saying that since people comment on it. Just dude being a dude. Dude being a dude. Um, you know, there was a little bit of talk about like, oh, I you know when we going into halftime, why do we try our two minute drill, three passes, you know, run three seconds off the clock. How often do you get to run two-minute high school ball? I mean, it's something that when you need it, you need to be able to do it. Mm -hmm. And at least it felt like at that time, you know, this is a good in-game reps against a Warren team with at least some athletes there. Yeah. And, you know, you go three and out, give the ball to them. They make another play, get a touchdown. It's not what you want to see, but I have no problem being aggressive in that situation trying to go for it. Yeah, I don't remember what the score was at that point. Um, I know we were up, yeah. but I, I did hear a lot of people complaining about that as well. You know, we didn't use up any clock. We gave them the ball back. They ended up scoring. You know, that's just worst-case scenario, mm-hmm. right? But you run that two-minute drill successfully. You go down, you score. Like, you know, everybody's happy. Everybody's excited. No issue going for that. No problem being aggressive. Um, there are times where you definitely do want to milk the clock. Yeah. Um, if you're afraid of the other team, if you're just trying to maintain a lead, it, it's completely different than if you think you can go score on somebody. Right. And I think that's what it comes down to. Going back to your your comment though about you know like when you get to run two minute drills with the live clock and managing a clock, which I would almost say is more on the coaching than mm-hmm. the players when it comes to actually managing the clock. You want to do the right plays yeah i mean right plays you you want the quarterback to make the right read you know as the clock's running down we don't want to throw a two-yard pass in the middle of the field Mm -hmm. you know get out of bounds bigger plays chunk plays don't want to throw it away so there is some like coaching to it for the the quarterback also the the receivers receivers need to know to get out when to get out when to get the first when to go make a play Mm -hmm. but to your comment i think you can run a two-minute drill whenever you want you can go up tempo yeah it's it's more about the tempo for me. 
it, it just comes down to are you, are you worried about the play calling and the tempo, or are you worried about players knowing how to manage the clock? I think in because that I think in that situation, I'm more worried about the entire operation. You're right; it is on like the coaching of you know you can't be running a bunch of different formations and motions and shit. Mm-hmm. The play itself has to attack either the sideline or uh, deep enough you're looking in the for, middle yeah, you're looking of the field for, for a first down, chunk plays, mm-hmm. touchdowns, yeah. Or something that will kill the clock. And so I get that's something you have to relay to your quarterback. <laughs> but does it have to be an in game situation to do that? Um, it, I mean, it, no, it doesn't. It doesn't have to be because it's not. But you know, it's not like in the NFL where you can just talk to the quarterback in his headset before yeah. the play and remind him about everything. So like you're going into that, and yeah, it is live. But essentially, you're running your two minute drill if you're mm-hmm. just for practice sake, like you say. You know, you want to get some reps at it. You're running that two-minute drill, and basically you're only doing it to then correct everybody at the end. Yeah. Because you don't have any ability to, like, kind of tell them what's going on during, you know, it, you have a couple timeouts, mm-hmm. maybe. You know, you call a timeout, you can remind everybody what's going on. But essentially you're running something that you've already practiced, and you're, like, looking for mistakes at that point. I think as well it is good for the coaches, too. Um, like as, as a play caller, you know, you need to be able to, like, be – know what you want to run in the two minute have and have the confidence to call it and execute it Mm -hmm. right so it's not just like when i say in-game reps and stuff you know you can practice something all you want but you're not going to feel that pressure until you're actually in the situation itself so it's in that situation at least i want to see the entire operation come together and watch them execute uh, they didn't you know like you said it's worst case scenario it happens not every drive is going to be a scoring drive um, just, you know, you can take some notes from that, get some coaching points, and keep it moving. The one thing that stood out to me, like, play call-wise, that I was absolutely livid at was earlier in the game, we had a fourth and short from our, own, like, 40-something, maybe 30-something yard line. We're, we've been running it down their throats. We didn't not run it down their throats all night, and we decided to punt. Mm-hmm. I thought that was just, like, I don't want to say unforgivable, but what are we doing? Surprising. Very surprising. You know, we've had we've been a fairly aggressive team. We're gonna either run the ball down your throat or we're gonna throw it deep over your head. Like that's been our whole MO for the last what, four or five years now? Uh-huh. And on a fourth and short against what is supposedly a it's inferior team, you know, somebody that everybody and their brother thought we were gonna have a running clock on. At the end of this game? The Warren announcer actually said that during the game. I don't know. I know I put in the group text, but as I'm watching it, um, towards the end of the game, I don't think they they made that, you know, little run at the end yet. So it's like, you know, they made mm-hmm. a good comeback, but obviously they're going to lose. It was yeah. That was the feeling. Um, and at one point, their commentator was like, hey, a lot of respect for these Warren kids. They came out and fought. You know, we all expected a running clock tonight. That we came into this game thinking it was going to be running clock, and they fought their way back, not just came up a little short. Um, so, I mean, I, you know, even like some of the Warren people kind of thought, yeah, nah, outlook not good. But like you're in that situation, fourth and short. It wasn't yeah. fourth and a yard. It was fourth and short, and we punted. Yeah, I, I kind of making some comparisons here. Um, I don't remember if it was last week against. Oregon or the week before that against Minnesota. But I'm talking about Ohio State. 
here. It was the Oregon and game because I know. I think I know what. So it, it was definitely in the Oregon game that it was fourth and one, and we decided not to go for it. I know we were struggling up front, but if you think you're the best team, if you want to be one of the best teams, if you think you're better than them, everyone in the country is saying Ohio State is the best offensive line in the country did not look like it against Oregon. They bullied, no. they bullied us up front. We couldn't run at all. But in that situation, I forget what the yardage was, but it was, you know, we we're in plus territory. You, you got to go for that, right? And we didn't. I don't remember if it was a field goal or a punt, but. No, it was a, it was a punt. And then there was another one where it was fourth and one, and we threw it. We, I think we got down there pretty deep, went for it on fourth and one, and decided to throw it in complete pass. And it's like, man, like, you don't have any trust at all to gain one yard on the ground? I mean, you got this amazing offense line. You can't get one yard? If you can't get one yard, you're, like, you're admitting right. you're beating us up front and we can't do anything about it. Um, but another comparison I wanted to make before this one even was I think it might have been against Minnesota. Ohio State is trying to do like a two-minute drill right before halftime. Mm-hmm. And C.J. Stroud just makes like the three worst possible decisions ever as a quarterback doing a two-minute drill. I forget what it was, but I'm just sitting here going, like, what are you doing? Like, why would you make that pass? Why would you make that pass? Like, third and, you know, like third and ten during a two-minute drill and you throw a one-yard crosser for no gain. And it's like, what? In the middle of the field. It's like, now we had no chance of stopping the clock. It was only a one-yard gain on third down. And, like, your two passes before that were not good. Um. So it's like I think he had a very hard – you know, he probably got coached up quite a bit. Because, mm-hmm. you know, at that level, I can only assume Ryan Day's calling a pretty decent play for a two-minute offense. Yeah. And it's just like Stroud picked the worst possible person to throw it to every time. It's like best-case scenario for this is we're killing time and not getting yards. And it's just like I – you know, you might want to work on two. Like Ohio State yep. might want to work on their two-minute offense a little bit more. Um, but – with us, you know. Yeah. It's like, it's you, just. You never know. But I just wanted to make the, connect, the connection. Because the one thing I have been doing is I've watched every play of the Ohio State games the last two weeks. <laughs> Something about during the day, I guess I was just yeah. a little bit more awake. Well, the Minnesota one was at night, wasn't it? But yeah, yeah, it was. I watched it, <laughs> nonetheless. Um, so I just wanted to make that make that comparison real quick. It's just like, you know, I just saw this weird juxtaposition, especially going for the two-minute drill later in the game, too. It's like we're just supposedly aggressive mentality. We're going to run it down your throats and uh-huh. fourth and half a yard, we punt. And obviously I don't think they score. They might, I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's the decision itself, like, baffled and irked me at the same time. Obviously yeah. it's a lot easier for me and, you know, as a fan watching it and letting that decision, like, having no part in it. But – at the time and now sitting on it, it's like, what the hell were we doing? Yeah, I mean, I think there's... Especially considering, I looked at our, you know, some stats stick out to you. We were one of eight on third down, but uh, four for four on fourth. Yeah. Could have been five for five. Yeah. Um, I, I think that kind of tells you, like, what kind of position you're in as a as an offense. You know, your, your third downs are maybe a little bit too long, mm-hmm. or you get them really close. Yep. Four. It's kind of like our third downs there, you know. You're treating it like really big hit him, yeah. Um, but then when we don't get those, you know, so it makes it seem like we had a lot of long third downs. Mm-hmm. You know, one for eight and then four for four. So yeah, we're getting yards on third down. It's not enough, kind of thing. But 
Um, yeah, so I don't know what point in the game this was that you're talking about. You know, it was one, early. Early? Um, okay. Yeah. So at that point, I mean, we've been looking pretty good against them. Mm-hmm. I, you know, obviously our run game looked good all night. Like you said, Trell was never stopped for a loss. So at the minimum, you know, you're expecting to get back to the line, which obviously isn't good enough if it's fourth and short. You need half a yard. But, yeah, I, I think there's some other factors in play, too, where it's just, you know, Trell's now coming off the field, or your offensive line, they might have to stay in there for punt, some of them. But, um, you know, they're coming off the field. It's like, they don't trust us to get a half a yard. Maybe we're not good enough. You know, I, I'd rather, depending on the situation, mm-hmm. of course, I'd rather tell the kids that, hey, I believe in you to go get a half yard. Yeah. And, you know, you sit there and you pump your fists at them. You get them pumped up. It's like, you get us a half yard right now. We need a half yard. All right. If you can't get a half yard when you need a half yard, you're not going to win the game. I, I think that's just a mentality all game long, all year long. If you can't get half a yard, if you can't get one yard, you know, screw half yard, one yard. If you can't get one yard when you need it, you're not going to win the game. I I like that as a mentality thing. Right. You know, obviously, you know, you get stopped and you still win the game. You know, it's not yeah. it's not 100 percent hit hit, but I I think it's the mentality. It, it's the idea of if I can't get a yard, how can I expect to win the game? Exactly. So. Obviously, there are situations where you should still punt it. You know, what's the time? What's the score? Oh no, there's plenty of situations. But where you if punt you are the running there. the well, if you're running the ball well, if you think you're the better team, if you have a lead, go for it. Yeah, go for it. There's not a whole lot of times where I think people are going to be upset if you go for it on fourth and short and don't get it. If you're on your own twenty in a tied ball game with four minutes left. Might not be maybe the best not, idea. but you know you don't want to. But yeah. you know, I think in general, and I think this is where also where the disconnect might be a little bit. I think in general, fans are always going to be a little bit more aggressive. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not our job. It's, it's not on our the line. job. Yeah. it's not our job on the line. So we're always saying go for <laughs> it. But I I think that is something that can and should translate. Mm-hmm. Have faith in the kids. If nothing else, if they don't get it, like it's still like, hey, I I believed in you to get me one yard. You didn't get it, but it's like, hey, you make up for it next time, right? Go out there, knock somebody's head off. You know, you were the key block on this, and we didn't get it. Be better. But I believe in you. I still believe in you, and I'm gonna call it again. We get in fourth and one. I'm gonna call it again, and I need you to be better next time. I need you to knock somebody's head off. That's it. Let's go. And that kid's gonna step up. Or he's not, and you're going to get stuffed again, but that's neither here nor there. And, I mean, if you watch college football, if you watch NFL football, there's plenty of times where the players are calling for it. Mm -hmm. Give me the rock. Let me go again. Come on, coach. Let me go. And I think that is when it's the most devastating, when you have a running back, like, hammering his fist at the sideline, like, come on, give me the ball again. Yeah. Ah, punt. Yeah, punt team. It's like, damn it. Like, you know, you have to be able to shake it off. You have to be a a professional. Mm -hmm. But there are emotions in sports. You know, there's ups and downs. Like we've talked about before, there are some players, I'm not saying on Maslin or, you know, anyone specific, but every team throughout the years have had players where you just, you kind of have to deal with them mentally throughout a game. Maybe they need to touch the ball once or twice to stay focused. 
or so they don't throw a tantrum. You know, those aren't the yeah. kind of kids you want. But teams have them. And you have to play into the emotions of your players, I think. You know, yeah. there's kids, they need to touch the ball. Even if it's just like on a jet sweep once, you have to give them the ball or he's just going to clock out mentally. Make them feel involved. And that's part of coaching, too. It's not just X's and O's. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's, it's player management. It's people management. Yeah. You know, you, you have all sorts of personalities, and you got to know how to deal with them. And dealing with it, you know, not necessarily in a bad way, but how yeah. to treat certain kids. Yeah, and again, I'm not even saying this relates to Masson at all. No, just more but of a general just the, conversation. Just the conversation is like there are teams out there, there are players out there where they might be a fantastic player, they might be a fantastic kid, but you still kind of have to tailor things to them every now and then. Just yeah. you, The emotions run high. You know, everybody has seen that player that's just super emotional to the point where he, like, he gets upset. And it's like, wow, like, why is that guy so upset? Or why is he committing a dumb personal penalty? Like, why, you know, why is he hitting somebody late? Mm-hmm. Come on. He just, those emotions get so pent up. And that's something you have to be able to rein in. You have to use it constructively. And, you know, what if Trell was the kind of kid that would get upset if we didn't give him the ball in fourth and one? Yeah. You know, it doesn't seem like he is. But does not strike me that way. Nah, no, but. You know, that's something that has to play into everybody's hands. And you will see other teams that will deal with that kind of stuff. And it's like, oh, you know, we got to give him the ball. Otherwise, he's going to come over here and throw his helmet. Those aren't the kids you want. No. But there are kids out there like that. Sometimes it is the kids you have. You don't always get the kids you want. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> that might be the only reason you win a game this year is yep. because of that kid. Yep. <laughs> and, you know, well, <laughs> do I tailor my offense to him a little bit more than I want to so he doesn't quit? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, my job's on yeah. the line here, too. You know, I don't want to go 0-10. <laughs> that kid's worth five wins. Maybe I'll be a little generous to him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this one's going to be a little bit different for him than, say, the third-string nose tackle. Yeah. <laughs> Every kid's different. Yep. Every team's different. You just got to know how to deal with them and how to just how to manage them, and that's just part of the whole thing. That's what makes football and sports in general great. Mm-hmm. Um, last thing I got on the Warren game is I still cannot believe we are getting people to jump off sides with our like freeze check with me thing. Yeah, because our offense has a very I very obvious tell when we're doing the check with me. Like we're not running a play here; it's just a yeah. fake cadence. I'm not going to say what it is because, for me, now that is my barometer for is our opponent a good team or not, like a well-coached team. And if I just kind of picked up on it, I think, towards the end of 2019. Like, it's never something I looked for, but once you see it, you can't unsee it. Yeah. Um, and we got Warren, like, definitely two times, almost a third time on it. Yeah, I remember watching their one big nose tackle jump off and like, back-to-back yep. players or back-to-back third downs or something, like, just giving out free yardage they had to pull him off the field. But. Yep. You got the linebackers yelling at him and shit. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it, it's a very obvious thing that anybody in the stadium can see it. Um, and, actually, this is what I talked to you about earlier, Rob. First person to DM us either on Twitter or Facebook of the correct thing uh, will and then come and meet us at our tailgate spot in the north lot tomorrow. We'll get a free koozie, custom koozie, courtesy of our very own Rob Antonell. So you told me you're doing some kind of giveaway. Yeah. So they, it's the first person to DM us with a correct answer. Yeah. To what? What's the question? What is our obvious tell of? <laughs> oh, that's it. Yeah. What's our obvious tell? Yeah. They get a free koozie. 
Out. Really, the most they have to do is just come up to our spot and ask for a koozie. Oh, okay. I just Let's want to see, see if anybody can get this right. That was your question. Yeah. Yikes. Okay. Like I said, I don't want to give it away because, you know. You just want everybody to go looking for it now. No, I just, well, I mean, kind of maybe. <laughs> we'll be entertaining to see if anybody gets it, but it's still my barometer for, oh, is this a good team? Because I know, like, the St. Ed's, the Hobans, hopefully McKinley have picked up on it by now. And you can tell your kids, hey, if they do X, then they're not running a play. It's check with me. Don't jump. Yeah. And you're st- I mean, if I was a defensive lineman, like, until I see them get ready for the play, I'm not even getting up off a knee. I'm just like, you're not running a play here. <laughs> That's what I love about the check with me is that the counterpart to it, mm-hmm. the fake check with me, oh, yeah. is just devastating. It's absolutely devastating. I remember Ohio State got Clemson. Was it Clemson, right? Because mm-hmm. Clemson was doing a whole bunch of defensive checks with me. Yeah. So we're checking. They're checking. And then, like, one, at least once, maybe twice, we did the fake check with me. And we go. We line up. You know, we're like, all right. You know, fake, fake cadence one, fake cadence two. Everybody looks to the sideline. Clemson's entire defense looks to the sideline. Boom, quarterback sneak. <laughs> Just running up the middle on him, five pancakes in a row. <laughs> You're blocking a guy looking the wrong direction. Yeah. <laughs> Easy yards. The fake check with me is just free money if you are playing one of the teams that you know like has your tell or they they're also doing. I think it. No, I think it, they have to no, be doing. I will tell you why. Me, but I will tell you why it doesn't work. Like that, it, that. I'm sorry. I'll tell you why it doesn't matter because the fake check with me works in the NFL. I remember Arizona hit, I think, Seattle with it last season. Yeah. They don't do a check-with-me offense. They don't look to the – like, the entire offense doesn't look to the sideline ever at all for the play to come in. And they did the fake check-with-me, look to the sideline, JK, snap it, throw it, touchdown. So they ran a fake check-with-me without ever doing normal check-with-me? Yes. Hey, it works. <laughs> Catch them off guard, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, but so your barometer on if the team, team is coached well or not yeah. is if they fall for the check with me. Yeah, Got if they it. fall for the check, if they if we can get you to jump off sides on a check with me, you're a horribly coached team. I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. <laughs> okay, so at this point, you just pretty much have to show up to the tailgate. Yeah, pretend to give an answer. No, I'd be, give any answer. What do you? I, I don't care. Every time Justin Swick is in the game, we're doing a check with me. Nailed it. All right, one free koozie for you. <laughs> so yeah, or at least like DM us with any kind of guess. Be entertaining for us at least. Yeah. Fair so, enough. Um, I guess right now we've uh, talked the Warren game to death. I don't yeah. have anything else on it. No. Let's take a quick break and then get into old St. Ed's. Hey, Tiger fans. I bet if you're anything like my partner, Hank, you probably need to go see an eye doctor. Yes, sir. And if you do, we have the place for you. The Doring Vision Center is a primary care optometry clinic located in downtown Maslin. They have a wide variety of eyeglass frames, everything from budget packages to designer brands. And if you're like me and prefer contacts over glasses because glasses are a hassle, they have uh, the technology to fit all types of lenses. They treat most conditions, and they also take emergency visits as well. 
At the Doring Vision Center, most insurances are accepted, and you even have a good chance of getting a same-day appointment. So come on down to see former Maslin Tiger, Dr. Ben Doring, at 35 Erie Street North, Suite 110, Maslin 44646. And that's right next to the Alibi Bar, for those of you who know the local watering holes. Or you can check them out on Facebook at the Doring Vision Center. That's D-O-E-R-I-N-G Vision Center. Or give them a call at 330-880-0035. Doring Vision Center. Proud supporter of all things Maslin. And we back. So right before we started the podcast, Rob, I handed you the um, Booster Club roster. Yep. Scouting report of St. Ed's. And yes. you had some a couple interesting takeaways. Uh, yeah, so if you if you haven't had a chance to look at St. Ed's roster, oh boy, let me get it pulled up real quick. Had it, there we go, okay. Um, so, as you can expect, they're big. Mm-hmm. Um, got some big linemen. 6'1", 275, 6'1", 270, 6'3", and 6'8", Um... They got some big receivers, some tall receivers. Defense, they got some big boys. Um, it's not really that it's surprising for Eds to have a bunch of, on paper, some big dudes, right? Um, my biggest takeaway is that if you ever looked at the Booster Club roster they, they hand out, sometimes they put notes next to players. Not all the players, but they put notes next to some players to tell you about them. You know what's their style like? Are are they yeah. are they good? Is it is that their weakest player? What are they good at? You know, like some simple things. Um, like for example, their left tackle, best offensive lineman. He's athletic. He's strong. He's good. He has good feet and power. You know, it's like notes like that. Um, their tight end. He's an excellent blocker. He has good position with his feet and he finishes. Simple little notes, you know. Mm. Um, you can only fit so many words in there, so some things are abbreviated and shortened. But and usually, not every player has something there. A lot of times, like usually key things, like yeah. if somebody's really good at something, um, or if there's a weaker part, like uh, you know, for example, not with Eds, but you would be it would be like a uh, left guard, worst offensive lineman, slow on his feet. Yeah, slow feet, plays high, no punch, something like something, that. Something, you know. Um, and, you know, like, look to attack him. He usually doesn't say that, but that's kind of like the idea. You get the feel for it. Of, of what's going on. So, with this St. Ed's roster, um, they have, you know, 22 starters. 11 on offense, 11 on defense. All 22 of them have a note next to their name. And all 22 of those notes explain how that player is either very good or great. All 22. The very worst description on here is for their right tackle. He's only a sophomore. He's 6'8", 320. But the worst description of any player on their entire team is huge. Plays high. Not powerful, but his size is a problem. That's, six, the, eight, that's the worst description out of any player. Every other one is just great. Great. Comes off amazing. Does double teams well. Um, excellent blocker, uh, big, physical, good speed, good hands, 
Strong, good strike, hands, runs very well. Reads well, good tackler, physical, very good at getting under the number three. Great blitzer, great tackler, plays downhill, fast. Every single player, all 22 of them, minus the right tackle. Even the right tackle, like, they're emphasizing how big he is and how it's going to be an issue because he's so big. So all 22 players have a note next to their name saying that they are good or great. That's a problem. Yeah. I've never seen all 22 players have notes before, and I've definitely never seen all 22 of them have good notes. That's yeah. tough. Yeah, I, I've been going to quite a few Boost Club meetings, seen quite a few of these rosters myself, yeah. and uh, accurate description. Never had glowing praise for all 22 starters like this. And usually they'll, you know, they got little stuff like if a player's bold, he's really good. Um, emphasize that kind of stuff. Returning starters, all that. Uh, pretty much their entire starting defense is bold, which means they're really good. Uh, and most all of their offense is bold as well. Like, yeah, and you know, this comes down to you know, the coaches. The one coaches are the ones that you know do this. You know, they're labeling the players, they're bolding the good players. Uh, and it, they don't do it, like, on a scale. So it's not a one-to-one of what the St. Ed's roster was compared to Warren's roster on paper. So it really comes down to, like, just how the coaches are feeling at that point, you yeah. know. But on paper, our paper, the Booster Club paper that we hand out, it's probably the most impressive roster that I've ever seen them give out ever. Doesn't mean it's the best team. It's just the most praised. It's for an the opponent. most praised one that I've ever seen. For all I know, it could have been a different coach that coaches <laughs> that did it this week. So yeah. that's why there's so many notes in there. But it is the most positive, highest praised booster club roster I've ever seen them give out. Yeah, um, I would have to agree with that sentiment. And I think what we're saying is Friday um, there's going to be a good team walking into Paul Brown Tiger Stadium. Yeah, great time to show up, make a statement. Yeah. That's really what it is. I think everybody knows that St. Ed's is good. Mm -hmm. Um, They're a good team, right? They're an experienced team, a lot of great players. You know, we can't really talk about that enough. But, you know, it's an opportunity. If you want to show up. You want to make a statement to the rest of the county, rest of the region, rest of the state. Here's your opportunity. Are you Play. talking to us or St. Ed's? Because Ed's Both has of us. made a no, couple no, statements. No, I'm not I'm talking about us. Okay, I was gonna say because like I just want to emphasize like the statements they made against say like Menor, forty-seven to seven. Menor's good. Yeah, I don't know what happened there, but Menor's a good team. At least I thought they were a good team. They beat Iggy, right? I think, I think so. I think men are They're beat, two and two. Yeah, I think men are beat Iggy, and then the next week got beat by 40 by Eds. Now, their star defensive end wasn't playing. Ah. But, that, he, I, I mean, come on. One defensive end is not yeah. making that big of a difference. He, he's not the difference between 10 points and 40 points. Yeah, absolutely know. not. Um, is Elder good? I don't know. Because they got schwacked 48-14. They got they got like, seven more points than yeah. I mean, I, Enter did. I feel like Elder is a good team. I just I I don't know what to compare them to. Those Cincy schools they go through yeah rounds, 
where one's good and the other one's good. Well, I mean, there's usually like two that are good at the same time, but they just go around. It's like, I don't know. Is Elder good? Are they not good? Is Moeller good? Is X good? Okay, all right, we know, hey, yeah. all right, we know X is good. But there's times where X isn't good. You know, it, it goes through weird phases down there, and when we're not – that connected to them, we don't we don't play them very much anymore. You just have the name recognition of yeah. oh yeah, they're usually pretty decent, you know. They're, it's they're like Moeller, usually a good team. Moeller, oh my god, Moeller's so good at football. No, they went like two years without winning a game. <laughs> I, I think they're back to being decent now, though. Oh, nice. But there was a team where uh, you know there was a couple years where they're just knocking out basketball state championships and can't get a first down. Well, you know, you, I guess it you goes, can only recruit for through, so many sports. It goes through phases down there. But, yeah, I feel like Elder's a pretty good team. Mm. They put up more points than Menor did. <laughs> yeah. And I know Menor's a good team. But, yeah, Ed's yeah. is out here killing people. And I remember, you know, last year it was like, oh, yeah, you know, we lost on that last second double pass. But, man, we outgained them. Like, we had twice as many yards. We looked good through the whole game. Um. No, we we should have beat Ed's last year. Yeah. We we talked about that at the beginning of the year when we re- recapped last year. But yeah, we definitely could have should have beat Ed's last year. Mm-hmm. Um with that, you know, they're returning a lot of players. Probably got a few new kids <laughs> for all I know, but um so far they've looked pretty good this year. Yeah. Um I think as far as we can tell, you know, it's going to be the same looking team as last year. Same kind of offense, same kind of defense. One thing about their defense, man, they blitzed and brought all sorts of different cats from different mm-hmm. spots. They I remember had, them mixing it up a lot last year. Yeah. It's hard to get a read on what they were doing. And, and they just ran. Especially week one. So many different looks. And it's like, I remember we were expecting a lot of quarters coverage week mm-hmm. one. And that's what because that's what they had run previously. That's what they had based out of. And then they come out and just run straight, pretty much cover one on, like, you know, all the normal running down. So our RPOs we couldn't do anything with. And they come out and in obvious passing situations, they're just, like, walking up, like, seven different cats, end up dropping five of them, but still bringing eight people somehow. Like, I, the game-sealing interception, I mean, they – I, this plays just burned into my head. You know, they come out, lines in, double three techs, have both backers walk, both uh, inside backers walked up in the A gap, end up dropping one backer, bringing the Sam who's lined up over our number two receiver split out wide, rotate coverage behind it, and end up dropping one of the three techs too. They like, you know, show double A gap blitz and then end up rotating into a. Like a four-man zone blitz where you're dropping a defensive tackle into a window. Yeah. Can, just, can I mention how much I love that? Yeah. I know it takes a lot of work. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of practice time. You need to have the kids that are able to adapt to changing on the fly, moving on the fly. Um, and you're always prone to kind of getting beat big when you're moving around too much. Mm-hmm. But I absolutely love mixing things up. I don't want people to know what we're doing. There, You know, there's the different philosophies, different concepts. You can go out and just, I'm going to do what I do because I'm better than you. Mm-hmm. And then there's sometimes where it's like, maybe we're evenly matched. Maybe we're going against a better team. And maybe there's just a, a single matchup on defense or offense. There's maybe there's a matchup we don't like. It, maybe we're the better team, but it's like there's like one matchup. We I just don't like this. I love just mixing things up, keeping other teams on their toes, making them 
adapt on the fly. I love it. I absolutely love it. I know there's a lot that goes into it. You have to yeah. have the kids for it. You have to have the time for it. But I love it. I love mixing things up, not letting people know what you're doing. And like you said, it, it is hard because these are a bunch of high school kids. Uh-huh. And it's hard to find, like, the talent that can actually execute that well. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, what Matt but are a, uh, the one thing I'll say mm-hmm. is it's it has to be way easier now than when we played. You remember when we played, every practice, practice, uh, actual yeah. practice time yeah. started us with watching half hour, 45 minutes of film every mm-hmm. day during practice time. Now the kids are able to watch it all at home. They can go over their notes at study hall or something. You know, like mm-hmm. you got you know, They got film right on their phone. You have more time, especially install time, learning time, like the mental side of it. I feel like they have more time than ever. You still have to be able to use that correctly. You have to have the kids that will actually do it on their own time. But if you can show up to practice and you can hop right into practice with kids already knowing their notes, mm-hmm. not having to do an hour of film before practice, that's why our practices were so long back <laughs> in the day. Good golly. Back in the day. Back in the day. I can say that now. This is the 10th. This is my 10th football year off. Oof. 10 or 10 reunion 10 year yeah football season wow so it's like i i think i can say that what's it like to be old <laughs> it sucks it yeah. sucks let me yeah. tell you and it's just gonna get worse i know you know i joke around mm. all the time like oh, i'm getting too old but like it's not really a joke <laughs> like i am getting too old. every time i make that joke it's because i stood out of a chair and my knees cracked and it's like ah oh, man i'm getting old but I kind of, hey, like, you know, I didn't, the reason I said it was because my knees cracked. So, like, maybe I am getting old. Uh, I can't wait for you to tell me about the war, Grandpa. The war. Yeah. Oh, you don't remember the war. <laughs> he didn't fight the war. I fought in the real war. You were in, you were in eighth grade when we fought Brush, Euclid, Euclid. <laughs> you were, you were still a kid when we fought Euclid at Mount Union Camp back when we went to camps. Back instead in the of, day. Instead of having sleepovers in the indoor. <laughs> hey, I never had a sleepover in the indoor. <laughs> we, we had to go to Mount Union dorms where it was 200 degrees. <laughs> it sucked. <laughs> but, you know, we did it. We had huddle. Yeah. I think we got it. Maybe just my senior year? I think just your senior year. So, like, Cause senior I remember, year was yeah, the first year we had it. But we didn't really use it. They would kind of... They they put the game they would put the games up, mm. not the practices. I don't think. I think just the games, maybe practice, but it was just kind of there to watch if you wanted to. Yeah, there there weren't really notes in there. It wasn't broken down. There was no learning anything. It was just like, hey, if you want to watch our game film of the game last night, here it is. And all we did with that was make highlight tapes, not even good ones. No, but like that's what we used Huddle for. It it was not really a learning tool back then now you know all of your film instead of on a projector an overhead we didn't even have a, i don't even think we had a projector we out here using an overhead <laughs> <coughs> on a chalkboard now it's all on their phone it's all on their laptops they can sit there they can learn stuff they can get mental reps notes all online i remember and I think that i mean that just has to be easier than it was 10 years ago i just remember um going into the warren game in 2019 the first one it just burning my head talking to uh, hodges after the sideliner dinner he's yeah like, i was right yeah. there for it he's like yeah i'm getting awesome. a pick six this game 
Like, you know, I just they just run the same play. I know exactly when it's coming. I'm getting a pick six. Yeah, so, I mean, I remember that vividly as well. He was specifically telling us about how he's watching all his film. Um, and the, the kids, I think it shows, like, how much time they spend on huddle every week, and the coaches see it, and it's like a report. Mm-hmm. And I think they're supposed to watch, like, X amount of film every week. Because Hodges was telling us about how he was learning tells, he was learning route combos, um, situations. And he said he was going to get a pick six, and he did. Because he knew what route was coming, he undercut it, boom, took it to the house, pick six. In that same vein, there was another player that I won't say who he was. But he, immediately after hearing Hodges tell that story then mentioned about how he had not watched a single minute of film all week on Thursday night, and he needed to go home and just let it play in the background so he could hit his minutes. Yep. So he wasn't he wasn't using Huddle at all. He would just let it sit and run in the background. While or, he's playing Call of Duty or... Or, you know, whatever the minimum is. I don't know yeah. if you have to, like, click through it or something. I have no but idea. That... I don't know how it works, but he was doing the absolute bare minimum. And this was a starter. It wasn't, you know, Joe Schmo. Like, this was one of the starters on defense, and he just flat out's like, yeah, I don't watch any of that. That's awesome for you, Preston Hodges. You're going to get a pick six because you know how to play defense against this team, and I don't. I'd rather not. Yeah. I'm just not going to. And that kind of goes back to, you know, every team has their own kids. <laughs> yep. And every kid's different, and you got to treat them different. And that's not the kind of player we would be able to use if we wanted to rotate defenses all day long. Wouldn't Correct. work with him very well, would it? So it kind of goes back to you have to have the kids for it. Yep. Have to have the but smarts and have the talent. To, you have to have the talent. You have to have the smarts Because it's like, well. oh, why doesn't everybody just, you know, start in a cover three shell and end up in cover? Well, because you end up with kids having to run 20 yards just to get where they need to start for their assignment. Yeah, and then you have one person that's out of position or you mess. It's easier to mess up. Yep. The more moving parts, the easier it is to mess up. You know, Correct. that's with everything in life. You know, machinery, the people. The more moving parts, the easier it is to mess up. You know, take that to your golf game. Uh, yeah. All you guys out there that suck at golf. Present. Yeah, you know, I'm not great either. But I promise if you make it simpler, everything, it just needs to be simpler. The more hmm. moving parts, the more you're going to mess up. It but, only needs to be <laughs> as complicated as it needs to be. But if you're able to do it, if you're able to move around, if you're able to confuse an offense, it's huge. Mm-hmm. Huge. And I think, at least for us, like, you know, we like to stay in that kind of base look. Uh-huh. But we do move around enough, and we, I think there is enough there that we don't do it nearly as much as Eds does. In fact, I don't know any high school team that does it nearly as much as Eds does. But, you know, we do enough. So this is not any kind of slight on. Our defense whatsoever. No. I do want to clarify that. No, a lot of the times we, we I know it's an ass on podcast, yeah. but we kind of get into generalities quite a bit. We do. And I mean, it's relatable though, because I think our defense is awesome. Mm-hmm. And I know last week we gave them some points, but you really have to go back like four or five years, four and a half years or something before like you could say our defense wasn't elite. So, I mean, it, it works. And the same thing with offense. You know, how, you go to how many state championships in a row. You win so many regional championships in a row. Like, obviously you're doing something right. Um, I just think with anything, there's always room to improve. Mm-hmm. And I think 
taking things to the next level. It's always about taking things to the next level. What will make you a little bit better? Maybe if you confused people a little bit more on defense. Or, I mean, I don't know if that changes things or Warren very much. You know, big plays happen. Yeah. Um, sometimes you just got to have more dudes. The other team has dudes. But, you know, that's... Um, or on offense, you know, confusing people, tricking people, coming out with something a little bit different. You know, it's just what's going to take you to the next level. Mm-hmm. And then there's the cost benefit of is it worth trying to put all this new stuff in? Maybe, maybe not, you know, but it's just always, you know, you just don't want to stay stagnant, I guess. Yep. So it's always, what's that, what would make us better? It might not even, it might not be possible, but I feel like you should always have an idea of what would you make you better. And then somebody has to tell you, hey, that we, we can't do that. It's just not possible. We don't have the kids for it, or we don't have the time for it. Or how does it work with the rest of what we're doing? Mm-hmm. It doesn't you know, match. You can, you can pick out like 5, 10, 20 different plays. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, these are all great. Well, how does it work into what you're doing now? How does it fit with the talent you have with um, the rest of your stuff? How does it make your base stuff better? Yeah, and uh, yeah, it might not be possible, anything. But I just think it's important for every team, Oh yeah, every coach, every employee, every employer to stop and ask yourselves what would take us to the next level is it possible can we implement it those answers might be no and even as a human you wake up in the but morning in general what would make me better what can i do that'll make me a little bit better than i was yesterday mm-hmm. yeah there's the what can i do mm-hmm. and then there's what What's the best possible? You know, you know, what would make us the best possible football team ever? Oh well, if we had like twenty five NFL players on our team, we'd be pretty good. Well, we can't do that. Okay, so what can we? You know, what's the yeah. next best yeah. thing? Oh well, we can run this insane spread offense, five wide, nonstop, go for it on fourth down every single time, and we're just gonna kill teams or put up eighty points a game. All right, we can't do that. Yeah, we, we either don't have the personnel, we don't have the time. We, you know, we don't. Hmm. But I just think it's always important for everyone in life to not be stagnant and at least mentally think about what would take us to the next level. Think about it, do it, and execute. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest thing. That's all I got. It's pretty much all I got as well. I mean, we, I I think we started talking about Ed's. And then we and just really kind of the, the biggest takeaway you got to take. I mean, the biggest takeaway is that they have a bunch of really good players, and they've been blowing teams out this year, good teams. Um, so it's going to be a battle. It's yeah. going to be an absolute battle, and you know, I, I think hope it's, so. a, it's a great, it's a great opportunity. I mean, this is what you want. You schedule a hard schedule hmm. because you want to play the best. You want to compare yourself to the best. You want to go out there and be the best. Well, here's your chance. Go out there and beat a good team. Have a good game against a good team. You know, make a statement. A lot of people have been looking at Maslin this year, and it's like, uh, I, I just don't know. Are they? I mean, I mean, honestly, are they really good right now? I can't tell you where we're at as a football team. <clears throat> it's it's tough. It's tough to get a great read on who we are. Obviously, we're a good team, mm-hmm. um, and obviously, we've had so much success, recent success that. You know, I, I don't think fans are seeing that. I don't think fans are seeing state championship play right now. Doesn't mean we can't get there. 
But I think this is a great game to go out there and make a statement. If you if you want to show people how good you are, you have to do it. Here's your chance. Yeah, this is going to be a statement game for Masson. One way or another, mm-hmm. this is going to tell us exactly what kind of team we have. So, Top down. Uh, buckle up, boys and girls. We're in for a ride on Friday. Absolutely. As we should be. Mm-hmm. I think that's the way you want it. You know, we didn't schedule this schedule. Yeah. You know, we're not we're, without knowing what it was. Like we scheduled a good schedule. We got good teams mm-hmm. out there. Get the experience. Make a statement. Go out there, play hard, play tough, win. Why not? Why not win? Why not win? That's the why not win? That's the FW Runners <laughs> Sons question of the week. Why not win? <laughs> no, but we probably should uh, get to that at some point. Get a, get a question in there for you. Uh, I know I told you I was going to think of one on the fly. Yeah, you did. I'm from the. Um, but, you know, usually we like, take a editing break that gives me time to think of one on the fly <laughs> instead of just going at it purely live and during our last editing break i did give you a chance you said yeah we'll do it live yeah we usually get a usually get a second editing break in there somewhere um so let's see here question of the week what do we want to do do we want to pick our favorite something rank stuff rank stuff food Mm -hmm. different sports let's see here it's a tough one what do we got i see the wheels turning tough one I know all I can think about are these koozies that I got to give away now to people that show up, <laughs> giving us some. Whoa. I said first one to show up. <clears throat> yeah, well, I feel like if you walk up to our tailgate, and <laughs> somebody somebody had already gotten the free koozie for not giving us a good answer, you probably have to give other people free koozies <laughs> as well. So, yeah, um, they are in limited supply though. I'll leave it at that. You know, um, they are customized so far. I've had a different design on each one, but if you DM us an answer and you're one of the first people to do it, I will let you pick your own design. So, like, actually make it custom for you, assuming that you do it early enough that we have time to get it to you before the game, or I guess they get it to you next week or something, but... um, Yeah. Free custom koozie for people. Now, now, during that whole free custom koozie spiel. No, I was just talking about koozies. I wasn't thinking about a question. Not even, not even like trying I was to trying. think. I was hoping one would just kind of pop up. Um, and then I was trying to implement, like, you know, mm-hmm. free koozies. Like, what if we upped the ante and, like, somebody got a shirt or something? But I don't really have any cool shirt designs. But I guess... Nah. It, I guess same concept. Tell us what you want. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and I'll make you the the shirt. Yeah, you know? um, it's not going to be the we'll highest to, quality. We'll have to. It's not bad. It's not going to be the worst. It's oh, free. It's absolutely not the worst. Um, let's see here. Question. 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 FW Renner and Son. Question of the week. Maybe if we just like keep saying the sponsor yeah. and over and over and over again, the question won't matter anymore. <laughs> just got to say it enough. That's all. <laughs> just get the name out there. Big yeah. supporter. Yeah. Big supporter. Gotta love it. Um, 
Man, you're really going to have to edit a lot of this out. Let's oh, absolutely no part of this <laughs> is coming out of the podcast. All of this is staying in. You're staying yeah. in there. Is that just because you don't want to edit it, or you just want to make me look dumb? Yes. Gotcha. Okay. You can rank questions. Rank our previous rank, questions. Yeah. Which rank the ranking things. F.W. Renner and Son. We could rank like initials as a name. You know, F.W. That, that's, that's number one. It's, that's the best possible. Yes. And in case you haven't noticed, yes, our opinions can be bought very easily. No, it does not take much at all. Um, let's rank the best eye doctors in Maslin. <laughs> Ooh, that's a toughie. Uh, let me think about it real quick. Ah, hmm. I'll have to take your word for it because I've never been to an eye doctor. So. <sighs> Ideally, I never have to go back. <laughs> Oh man! That's Not that our sponsors aren't great. I just got my stuff fixed, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like hopefully we won't have to go back. Yeah, good guy, just great guy. Hope to never have issues again. <laughs> I hope hope to never have to visit him in, in a professional capacity. Yeah. What do you got? Oh man, I'm really really struggling here, guy. You are just you're flopping right now, man. I'm sweating. I, is that because of the question or because it's hot? <laughs> I think it's because of the question. The I mean, question I'm not really. Kill, it is. It is a little toasty in here, but I think the question is getting toasty. No. Uh oh, pressure's on. Yeah, pressure is on. Um. All right. Our FW Renner and Sons question of the week: What was your favorite podcast that we've ever done? Ooh. I like that. That's because um, we've had good episodes. Mm-hmm. We've had good guests. Yes. Um, we've man. had bad episodes. <laughs> yeah, we've had plenty of bad episodes. But usually, some, those are the ones without the guests. There were some, um, especially like kind of when we first started. Yeah, we were getting a lot of guests, and it was the first time talking to guests that I, I just I thought those were. Those were all, those podcasts. were good ones. Yeah. Especially like learning like, things for the first time. Trox um, and Mazer, you know, like guys we didn't really know because we were friends yeah, with a lot of so, these guys beforehand. And yeah, it's kind of where I was going with it too. Like the first time we're talking to these people, you know, it's the first time you're hearing their stories. It's the first time you're hearing them tell you things, and mm. things can get repetitive. And it's like the first. I don't know if you ever listened to this yeah. podcast, <laughs> things can get repetitive. Um, but it's the first time hearing a guest say something. Or like you said, or like Trox and Maze or some of these guys. I mean, a lot of them, actually. But it's like that's the first time we've learning, had any interaction with them, you know? Learning who they are personally, dealing with them on a personal level, talking to them face-to-face, um, you know, it, it really spurs questions. It didn't really go into interviews with guests thinking about questions. They just kind of came up. I think Mostly the, based off of things they said. Yeah. Or just pure conversation. It's like, this is the first time we've ever really had a long conversation together. We're just having a conversation. Uh, And I thought those are just like really pure, good podcasts, unscripted, Mm -hmm. learning a lot, a lot of great questions. I remember the when we had Kale on for the first time. He was our first ever guest. First ever. And I came in with like five or six questions ready to go. Like, all right, we're going to make this thing good. And just having the prepped questions kind of sucked yeah like it didn't let the conversation go as naturally as the rest mm-hmm. of them did yeah it's not a tv interview you know these right. are people that we either somewhat know on a personal level like you know mm-hmm. we we're able to get kale on here because kind of know kale um coach miller so like there, there was already a little bit of 
you know, friendship there. There, there was a connection. Or like you know, having uh, Coach Studer on. Mm-hmm. Like we, I've known him my whole life, close family friends, and it's like, but hearing him on and having him like talk and actually go on like yeah. he did, uh, I that was just incredible. Yeah, I think that first time with Stu, it really. That was probably the one that got me connected the most, where it was like the things he was saying was just my mind was going crazy as he was talking, and I just had a million questions. And it's like I'm not even doing a podcast anymore. It's like turn the microphones off. Like I'm, I'm just, I'm asking you questions personally. Yeah, you're talking. I, you're just spurring so many things in my head right now. I'm just, I just want to absorb everything you're saying. I want to ask questions. I want to dig deeper. It wasn't even a podcast. I was just talking to him on a personal level. And, you know, like I've, I've known Stu for a couple of years as well, but I've, ne- you know, that's probably the longest conversation, mm-hmm. longest uninterrupted conversations I really had him with him or the podcast. Because you have to realize, especially when we first started, yeah, those guest podcasts were two, three hours long and we had to edit them down. And yeah. We would talk for an hour before the podcast <laughs> even started. Just we to- would talk after the podcast was over. <laughs> so, I mean, just some of these conversations, it's me, Hank sitting across a table with somebody for three hours, four hours, just talking. And I think that shows, you know, just how, I mean, for me, it's amazing being able to sit down with somebody, just talk with them for hours. And it's Mm -hmm. like, I, we have a mutual connection. We're here to talk about mass on football, my connection to it, your connection to it, Hank's connections to it, the fans connection, but things get so personal. Yeah. And you're just learning about them. You're learning about their past you know a lot of these guys we'd ask we ask them the first thing is like all right tell us about your past tell us how you got here you're just learning that about people and um i think like the first time with each of the guests that we had yeah was those were my favorite experience of each one right and, um, and in general my favorite podcast but especially if you, to, if you had to pick one uh, so i do want to say before i actually give my pick yeah. um Having Coach Weber on, yeah, because you know he he coached us. Um, mm-hmm. He he was always the scout team quarterback, and being the scout team center, we always had that special connection there. <laughs> yeah, uh, but he was never like my position coach, so mm-hmm. I never. Same thing. I never. Yeah. I never had to deal with him like at all. Like but, he was one of the coaches, mm-hmm. but he was not my position coach. Um, and he never really specifically helped out with what I, you know. It, Position coaches do their positions, you know, yeah. and then sometimes there's some overlap with special teams or specific parts of special teams, but like me and Coach Weber never overlapped. Mm-hmm. So like I never really had to deal with him and, that much. I mean, he always, we always had a connection because like he talked about on his first podcast, you know, he loved watching my dad growing up. Yeah. And so it's like we had that, but like he never really coached me either. Mm-hmm. And he was never a, a rah-rah guy, any kind of pregame speeches or like writing letters to the kids like he has in the past, like he talked about before. Yeah. And you never really got to see that like intense side of him. Like we got to, like that came out on that first podcast. I, and I remember walking away from that like, wow, like Weber is, that's a whole other side of him I've never gotten to see. And that was just yeah. I, I got awesome. To, I got to see that once um, as a sophomore on JV. I forget where we were playing, but I think we were losing at halftime or it was a close game at halftime. And most of, if not all of the JV coaches came in at halftime and I kind of like 
gave a fired up speech because they were mad. Like they thought we should have been winning big, I guess, um, which we probably should have been. I don't remember yeah. who it was, but you know, it, it, back when we played, like JVs yeah. didn't lose. Right, we didn't lose. So we're playing a tough game, and each coach I came in <laughs> like, and I just remember Coach Weber was fired up. Oh man, it was like the first time I've really listened to him like talk in front of us, mm-hmm. and he is. You know, you know how he gets. Oh yeah, he was going at it, and it's like, wow, we're you know, it's time to go. And I'm pretty sure we went out and ended up winning the game. But um, that was like the one and only time I ever really got to see that side of him. And then you talk to him on the side, you talk to him on the podcast, and it's like, wow, this this is a Maslin guy. Yeah, through, through and through, through and through. <laughs> yeah. Man. Also, I think the only coach we've had on the podcast. That coached us? Yeah. Because technically it Kale been... was around. Okay, so Kale was on the staff, but, but he, he was, was always, freshman. He was freshman coach when and we he were was, there. He came after and it was after I, yeah. it was after, after us. So he wasn't our freshman yeah. coach. He came in after us. He was always below us. Um No, Coach Stone. Remember we had him on uh, last year. He was my yeah. freshman he was one of my freshman coaches. Which he was another one, you know, we always I guess we kind of got to know him lately. Yeah. But he was always a guy that I'm like, okay, this is just. I had no idea who he yeah. was. Yeah. Never really got to interact with him much. And it's mm-hmm. like, kind of get to talk to him a little bit outside of it and then bring yeah. him on. It's like, also, another fucking great guy. Yeah. So, all right. So, Kale was there, but mm-hmm. he never actually coached us. So, just Coach Weber. Coach Stone was my freshman coach. Yep. So that does count. And then Coach Hack, who we've never had on. Um, he's a really busy guy. He's doing a lot, yeah. of, doing a lot of stuff. Um, you know, open invite, but fully understand. Um, you know, if there's any coaches that haven't really been on the podcast and don't think it's because we didn't want them or we didn't <laughs> ask them, there there are just, you know, these guys have lives. Yeah, I was going to say, these are like full-ass um, Adults that yeah, have, they lives, have a lot of multiple stuff, kids, a lot of stuff going on. So t- essentially, two jobs: one being yeah. teacher, whatever job they have, and the other being a football coach, which is a full time job. Like right. what Coach, you know, Coach Weber. I think he said, I can't remember if he said it on the podcast or not, but he has date night with his wife, like after, after the games, the football games yeah. at B Dubs, because that's the, the only one-time. free time yeah. he has all week. Yeah. So I mean, there there are people that are just too busy and mm-hmm. completely understand. Um, but yes, yeah, so I think Coach Hack. Coach Weber, Coach Stone, which I hack's never been on. So no. Weber and Stone, and then obviously Kale, but he was a freshman coach after we were after freshmen. we were already freshmen. So he, he never directly coached us. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, and of course, it's like Stone and Weber are like two of the ones we just didn't know that well. It's like even, right. they were the ones that we did deal with as coaches, and still we just didn't know them personally quite as well as some of the other guys. But is that your answer? Is Coach Weber your answer? Uh, What's your favorite one? You got to pick one. Fa- okay, favorite one ever. It's probably easier for like the fans to pick out one favorite. I'm sure there's like one that sticks yeah. out to everyone, or one or two. For us, it's probably a little bit tougher. <clears throat> just. You know what? I'm going to take the easy way out because I have loved having every guest on here. I'm going to say Uncle Joe and Midge. That podcast where we just kind of like... Man, picking the family. Ticking the family. Well, it was like... Because my, 
my dad's he the first one time he was on was with um me and Stu because you couldn't make it that night for whatever reason. Yeah, and then I think it was right before a state championship game or something. And my dad was just so uncomfortable in front of a microphone. <laughs> and it's like I just kept trying to like goad him into talking, and Stu was trying to get in on it too. Mm-hmm. And having him on that second time with you know Uncle Joe, one of his best friends, uh, and just trying to like get them comfortable enough to just go at it and have at it. And like oh, they I did, and they, they did, did get after it. <laughs> they were comfortable. So. I that one was my favorite one just to like sit back and watch them go. Man. I guess picking the family's an easy answer, huh? I got I mean I don't know if I mean with that, I don't know if I can pick one. Yeah. I would have to say Mazer, Trox, Weber, and JP. Mm-hmm. And Coach Moore. All guys that all the ones we had on the first time that we didn't necessarily like really know them going in like and just having that like like we talked yeah. about the death already Kinda just having that full ass conversation learning about them where they're from what brought them here and you know just getting them to talk yeah I, it definitely adds an element of when you're dealing with somebody you didn't know very well so like kale our most reoccurring guest it, it's also the person that i probably knew best mm-hmm. out of all of them going into it and I almost feel like that kind of takes away from um, saying it's the favorite one because, um, I, I don't know, just dealing with some of these other guys, learning more about them, their story, having conversations for the first time, I think that definitely added something big uh, for me personally. So if I had to pick one as my favorite, that's really tough. Obviously one with a guest. Because those ones are way better. Yeah. Um, I assume they're better for the fans as well. I'd hope Definitely so. Definitely better for us. Yeah. Way better for us. Um, man. About to pick Midge and, <laughs> Midge Midge and Uncle, Uncle Joe. Joe. <laughs> pick the easy way out. Yeah. That was my favorite. And I just kind of sat back and let them talk the whole time. Didn't really have to get involved very yeah. much. <laughs> just let them talk for two hours. Um. No, I mean that's tough. I think I think the JP first time with JP that was a night. Was that was a it was that, a night. That sure. was a five hour conversation that yeah. we had to chip down to. Like it um, ended up probably being three. It that was a really good one. Um, you know, obviously JP is really good at getting you fired up. Mm-hmm. So I think that was you know huge, memorable. Um, just getting everybody ready, getting us jacked up on a Wednesday night or something. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I think that was a really good one. First one was Stu was really good. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it was the first time I really just sat down and talked to him personally for an extended period of time like that. So I thought that was really good. And obviously, he tells great stories, and he's also a huge motivator as well. A little bit different than like how JP does it. You know, JP will scream into a microphone that he's going to punch you in the mouth. Stu is going to hit you with these moral <laughs> stories about why it's important to be tough. Yeah. And it has its own way of just getting to, you know, mm-hmm. on a deep personal level. Um, so I thought that was a really good one. Weber's always really great. You know, he hits you with those masculine stories, just that I'm a masculine tiger through and through. Um, 
I've experienced mass on football, you know, longer than all the rest of these guys have. I have stories for you, you know. And he really dives into, you know, what it means to be a Tiger, what it meant to the older generations, what it's you know, still means to older generations, but, you know, mass on history, just really diving into that. Um, you I know, who, Lieberman was, that was a good one. Yeah. Ben Lieberman, when he was having him on here, booster club, that was good. You know who I just popped into my head that like, I didn't know what to expect going in, but walking away, it ended up being a great conversation. It's coach Morgan. Yeah. The entire reason the 15 for 15 book started, apparently, mm-hmm. according to yeah. the dude. The dude. Dude's, uh, a dude. dude's a dude. Dude's a dude. Um, was like, you know, I, I met him at Stu's after a game, had like mm-hmm. a five-minute conversation, yeah. um, knew he was kind of brought on last minute and everything, and like d- didn't really know him, couldn't get a read on him, like, okay, what to, you know. Yeah. Didn't really know what to expect going in. And then, like, we just, that was probably one of the easiest conversations and, like, easier podcasts we ever had. Cause yeah. Sometimes it's like you're having a conversation with guys and – I don't know about you, but I at least find myself sometimes like I have to take a step back and start looking for the next question a little bit. Absolutely. And you, you kind of get lost. Like you get disconnected from the actual conversation that yeah, Tad doing that. For sure. With Morgan, it was like I was surprised how easy it was. Like the it's, entire thing just rolled. Flow. Good flow. Yeah. I mean, that was a good one. Um, one of my personal favorites from the standpoint of us running a podcast because it was still very new to us mm-hmm. dealing with guests on a podcast was very new to us yeah you know it's like we didn't have any training on how to interview somebody i think it was our second podcast or third total podcast and it was we had Coach Jarvis on. Oh man, year one. Yeah, I believe I might have been might have been week two for Guan Oak or something. Or no, I, it was it after was Kale. It was because, after Kale. Kale was yeah. first, and then I think Coach Jarvis was second, our second guest. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think it was from a actual podcaster and interviewer standpoint it was probably my favorite one i loved how he came in and he just wouldn't let you do your half hour routine of trying to do an intro <laughs> yeah he's just like hank do it just start it <laughs> so like i love that part he's like oh, yeah. we're not messing around here get get, get it started come back on. when i was like still like her i didn't Hard like talking to, to a an micro and yeah, yeah. Um, which I get it. You know, there's a reason why I have you do the intro everywhere. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's like, I'll do it when you're gone, but um, yeah, prefer well, yeah. I'll, I'll let you start it. Yeah, me doing it um, is not an accident, and it's not my choice either. Yeah. But what I really loved about the interview was we just hit him with some back to back to back questions, and it wasn't stuff that I thought of ahead of time. But like, it's mm-hmm. just as the conversation went, I started to think of some things, and I just remember a couple of times he's like, "God." He, so you guys ask good questions. You know, yeah. a guy that has to deal with, you know, newspapers and booster club questions and stuff. And it, like he, he was just acknowledging that we were asking very good questions that people haven't asked them before. And I think that was one of my prouder moments of like, hey, yeah. 
we're doing a podcast, but I feel like we're actually we're doing the interview well. I feel like mm-hmm. we're asking good questions. We're getting good content. We're getting stuff out there that's not just the same thing that you can read in the newspaper every day. And I think that was one of my favorite moments to the point where I still remember, you know, exactly where we were sitting in your spare room. <laughs> in the spare bedroom, the yeah. spare bedroom where we used to do the podcast. I remember exactly where he was sitting as he said – you guys are asking some really good questions. Like I don't even know. I don't know if that part was on air or not. But he's like, he's, like people have never been asked this before. Like, yeah. these are good questions. And I remember he was special teams coordinator. And at the time, it was like right when high school was transitioning into freshmen and JV not doing kickoffs anymore. And mm-hmm. that was one of the things that brought up. Like, are you worried about the inexperience? You know, kids coming up to varsity not knowing kind of thing. But, um. So that was one of my prouder moments was that interview. I actually forgot about that until you just brought mm-hmm. that up. And yeah, that was one of my more proud moments too. I'm like, wow, we're actually like I think it kind of gave us that, you know, like we're doing an okay job. Yeah. You know, this is absolutely a duct tape and bubble gum <laughs> operation we got running here. We bought some decent equipment, but yeah, it, you know, this is the furthest thing from professional. And you know, you get people listening and stuff, and everybody saying you're doing a good job. But we're also the only show in town. Yeah. So it's like we're kind of, you know, we're number one because there is no number two. Mm-hmm. But and to hear that, like, oh, a guy, we're asking him questions specifically about his job, and to say like those are good questions, and like we know what we're talking about. Like, I was like, yeah, okay. Like that's this is what I'm here trying to do, and it was also the birth of one of my favorite little bits of anybody else like saying, "Oh, that's a really good question." I just, oh, hey, thanks, man. I just love point. I I don't know why. It's just it's stupid. And it makes me chuckle, so I do that every time. <laughs> every now and then, I think we get a little bit of feedback mm-hmm. that you know, Black Swarm podcast, just enough to bring it back next week. <laughs> Yeah. You know, there's plenty of times where it's like, man, Hank, I don't know. You know, we've just been we been doing the same shtick for years. We can only talk about previous games, future games so much. But never now and then you get that feedback. Or you miss an episode because we're not mm-hmm. feeling so good. And, you know, yeah. you got people asking, hey, where's it at? Where's it at? I'm re- like, I want to hear the next one. And I, that's, that's what keeps me going. Yep. Because there are definitely times where it's like, ah. Uh, do we have to? Oh, even like sitting do down for this really one. Do we have to do this? Like, it's like, can we miss a week? But, you know, there's some moments. Dealing with guests is awesome. I, you know, mm-hmm. gladly do a podcast anytime with a guest because those are just great episodes. It's a great opportunity to talk with somebody. Um, so those, I always look forward to those ones. But it's when it's just the two of us. Yeah. You know, it's it seems like we've been doing the same routine for a while. <laughs> But, you know, the feedback is awesome. You know, it's not huge. It's not like we're putting up humongous numbers. And but we every don't. now and then you get somebody that says something nice. And, it, you know, it makes you feel good. Yeah. With the guests, my favorite thing is it's all the off-air conversation we have with guests. The hours of off-air conversation we have. Which uh, is just amazing. I mean, it, it's great conversation to begin mm-hmm. with. But I feel like a lot of the times, you know, how many different guests have walked out here at the end of the night like hey you guys you know you guys kind of know what you're talking about like you had good questions or it's like hey you you know some things or it's like 
Or it's like, hey, hold on. We can't put that in the podcast yeah. because we don't want the other team <laughs> to know about what you're talking about right now. And it's like, we just were watching the game last week and noticed, nah, uh, hold on. <laughs> no. Yep. <laughs> so it's like, you know, just little things. It's like, you know, you pick up on things. You're just kind of proving your worth. Mm-hmm. I would admittedly say that you know, when it comes down to it, I don't know anything compared to you know the guests that we're interviewing. Oh, I remember. But I think every now and then you say something, you mention something, you ask a question, that kind of gains a little bit of respect. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I'm looking for respect as a media member, but I think that's what makes it feel better is when you get it because it's yeah. like, oh. I kind of forgot that we do a podcast, and then when somebody says, hey, I really liked that moment on your podcast, it's like, oh, oh, yeah, thanks. It's like we try and show that we're talk, you know, we we know enough of what we're talking about that we're not just talking out of our ass. Like, I try not to criticize as much because it's easy to criticize from the stands. Yeah. Um, but to like you said, that kind of stuff, like, oh my god, these guys are asking like decent questions. It's not just your basic, oh, would you, how did it feel to whatever. And but still, at the same time, be reminded. I remember the first time we had Mazer on, and he walked us through like why he liked trap versus a five oh five front instead of a four down and he just like rattled through the entire assignments of all five guys real quick and i'm just like hold on let me like stop and (laughs) process what you just said so i can paint the picture in my head to like follow along it's like oh yeah these guys still know a lot like they they know a lot more than us and to just get that little like attaboy of that's a decent question it really does feel good yeah and you know for context for how off, not off track, but we talk about how long some of these podcasts were, how long the conversations we have with people. There's some guests where we had more time off air than on air. JP's comes to mind. JP. Um, but things would get really detailed sometimes, and some things we can't put on here. You yeah. know, there, there are things we hold back, and we've always held back. There's some things that we, some information we've been privy to that we can't let other people know. Um, so like, I remember specifically Coach Lino's interview. It kind of started off as a tough interview. Now, Coach Lino is two years older than me, three years older than Hank. So yep. like, I played, I was a sophomore and he was a senior. Not that we were like friends, but you know, we were on the same team together, kind of know each other a little bit. Um, but he sits down to have a conversation. We start asking questions, and it just turns into like the nerdiest football talk <laughs> But, like, you know, when you talk with Trox or Mazer, you get some nerdy football talk. Yeah. But it was just, like, different. Because when we're talking with Lino, I feel like he forgot that he was on a podcast a lot. Because we would dive into something, and he'd start telling us all this intricate stuff. And then he's like, ah, hold on. We we can't put that. And it's like (laughs) half the conversation we had with him was just us talking, having a conversation. Mm -hmm. Forgetting that we're on a podcast. And then we had to go back and scratch all that out because it's like uh, we can't put that on it like we can't put that out there yeah it was like it's too much information things we don't want people to know you know tricks of the trade how our linebackers read things what their footing is what their spacing so it's like a lot of stuff we just you know you wouldn't want out there for other teams to hear but that's just kind of the conversations that go sometimes mm-hmm. it wasn't a podcast 
It wasn't an interview. It was, it just, was just talking football. And it, a lot of times it was the nerdiest football talk, and I'm, like, fully buckled in, invested in the conversation. Like, yes, this is exactly what I want. This is what I'm here for. The conversations with Mazer after podcasts were over yeah. was some of the most detailed football <laughs> clinic stuff going on. It, just super football nerd talk. I mean, if you're X's and O's, oh, man, you missed out on some conversations. Yep. And I, I I loved every second of it. Like yeah. I want to have all those guys back. Not even for the conver- not even for the podcast. Just like more of that conversation. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was. I th- I think it was. Um, there's been a couple where it's like they just go off the rail. Not uh, not off the rails, but like off track like that into stuff that we have to edit out. And then I always sound like an idiot coming back in because I'll have to just like. Where is the point I'm going to edit this yeah. out at? Okay, I need a response to come back in to make it sound like a fluid conversation. And it's just it's like, oof. Final product sounds rough sometimes. Yeah, having to go back in and start fresh, yeah. trying to remember where we left off. It's like I love that 10-minute conversation we just had on how to block power against a 3-3. But I have to remember where we left off before that. So when we had another this, yeah. intro. So, and it would be the most generic stuff. It's like, all right, so uh, changing gears. Yeah. I remember the uh, <laughs> Coach Moore's first interview. It was like every – I didn't notice it at the time, but it's like every time I came back in, I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. So That's and, awesome. And it's, and it's like at the end, I'm like, oh, God, I just sound like a fucking moron. <laughs> but the reasoning for that was yes. because we had to edit a lot of stuff out. But, I mean, it was fun. The guest ones are fun. We should, we should try to get another guest here soon. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to be around for much longer here in the oh, near yeah, future. I got, you know, places to go, people to see. That's all right. I'll, but I'll figure it out. You'll be able to hold the fort down? I'll try my best. That's all we ask of you, Rob. This might be the last podcast ever. Yeah, boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, let us know what your favorite podcast was. I do want to say, though, I have a special place in my heart for the dumpster fire that was the first podcast ever. Back before editing points. Yeah, no edited points. Just like let's roll, let her rip. It's it starts and ends. Yep. In every break, um, uh, I don't know. <laughs> trying to think. Wheels are spinning. Nothing's coming out. Stuttering. Yep. That was all in there. <laughs> that was a rough one. And no but we editing. just let shit fly too. You had to. You had to. It was probably so bad because it's like just trying to talk to kill dead airtime. Yep. But you don't have anything to say. So it's like like learning how to do that. Yeah. So it's like I'm pretending to like kill time right now while I think of something to say because you just left me off in a bad spot because you ran out of things to say. So now I don't know how to reply. But man, it was rough, rough early on. But I like to think we're getting better at it. Yeah. At least conversational flow we're, we're kind of learning how to like fill in for each other and talk when you know i know i know damn well i give you like the look sometimes like rob i'm out of stuff to say i need you to tap in here now because in. i can't keep talking Jump in. yeah i feel like i've gotten a lot better at just off the cuff mind you that takes us off on tangents sometimes yep where it adds way more time to the podcast so it wasn't needed and probably wasn't even good conversation but for whatever reason, I love going off on generalities, and then I have to stop 
and explain that I'm talking in general and not about our starting left tackle. <laughs> I, I feel like you're thinking of this podcast in particular when you say that because that did happen quite. It a happened tonight, but yeah. it happens every it happens yeah. every week. And the best, I I'm conscious to it. Like I am aware that I do that. And the best part is every time we sit down to have the conversation in the first place, you always start off with, "I hope you got content because I got nothing to say about this." Well, shit. I don't. I do not come into these like with anything to say. It's like you know, we sat down. It's like you, uh, you got the roster <laughs> because all I know is that they're good and they've been blowing teams out. What else do you got? Pretty oh, much. the roster. Let's look at the roster. Let me show, let me see what they got. It's like I know a few of the people, but now. I, I didn't have anything to say. I remember the first couple of years, like when you'd tell me that, I would be like genuinely worried, like, oh god, I, I don't, I can't carry a conversation, I can't carry a podcast, I hate talking. Would, that always throws people off when I tell them, like, you know, yeah, I hate talking in a microphone. So <laughs> like, I just, you know, I don't have much to say. Not, not a big talking guy. I just happen to run a podcast. Yeah. Well, it's uh, I I don't know. I, we kind of like what we talked about with the guests. It, it just flows. Yep. I don't have anything to say. Until you start talking. And then I'll just feed off of that. 90% of the time, I don't have anything to say until I start talking. Yeah. You know, it just kind of comes out. Sometimes you have to. Yep. It's, you know, neither, there's times where we're not feeling good or it's late when we're doing this or running late. We just got done doing something, just got off work. We don't really want to do this. And we sit down and the first couple back and forths are kind of rough. It's like, hey, one of us has got to find it. <laughs> yep. But then something springboards. One way or another, like, boom. I didn't think I was going to have anything to say about the Warren game because, mm-hmm. you know, like I've always said, I don't remember the previous games very well, like, yeah. until you remind me of it. And since I missed a lot of the last game, it's like, oh, man, Hank, you're going to have to carry the Warren game. I got nothing. But then as soon as you started talking about it, it's like, yeah, I remember that. I remember yeah. this. Like, I did – I noticed stuff. I have contributions. Yeah. I didn't think I did. <laughs> Until we start talking, and then it's like, ah, okay, I, I can talk. It. I can talk a little bit. It's like I had a couple points that I wanted to get to eventually, but I didn't have any idea how I was going to get there. Yeah, I make it a game sometimes. It's like, okay, I'm going to start talking, and I'm going to see where I end up. Oh, like, Wikipedia, Wikipedia and, challenge. Yep. How many yeah. clicks does it take to get from A to Z? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's always a fun game to play. Not that it's. I learned it is the Hitler game. Go to Wikipedia, press random page. How many hyperlinks does it take to get you to Adolf Hitler's page? Yeah. It's kind of what I was referring to without saying it. But that is the official game. I wanted, and to teach, I wanted to teach our audience the game. And it's amazing, like, how quick it happens. Yeah. You can go from Akron Zoo to Adolf Hitler in, like, five clicks. I think my, <laughs> I think my record is I started off on some beetle and I got to him in three. Yeah. I, it's kind of weird how that happens, but that is what I was referring to. Yeah. <laughs> And I just, like, you reminded me of it, and I decided I wanted to teach our audience the game. Man, this is probably our longest podcast all year, isn't it? Of both of us sitting down and not having much to talk about? Yeah, this is a, this is a long one. But, you know, you got us going down memory lane and mm-hmm. nostalgia, so... Nothing wrong with that. No. Like you were saying, you know, every fans, please let us know what your favorite podcast was. What was your favorite podcast? What was your favorite moment? You know, maybe you liked Coach Weber's podcast the best... But you liked Coach Stu's Warpath rant the best? Like yeah. Maybe that was the best moment in Black Swarm podcast history. But like overall podcasts are better. Maybe the whole Coach JP episode, 
It was really made you want to run through a wall, but you or how loved about, hearing about how the 15 for 15 book was made. That one is probably has my favorite moment. Favorite of, moment of us getting called on our shit and having like no eat, other having to eat a pop tart covered in marinara sauce. Yeah, I mean, just the sheer. This is really happening right now this of that moment like wow this is we we actually have to eat this don't we it's like i i feel obligated yeah to now taste this pop-tart ravioli if i recall correctly it wasn't nearly as bad as the idea seemed no it really wasn't that bad uh i mean thank god that he got a cinnamon pop-tart because it did like you don't think that would work you don't think like cinnamon and pasta sauce would go together very well but it was very, like, I'm eating a Pop-Tart with pasta sauce. Yeah. I'm eating a Pop-Tart, and there's pasta sauce. That's what it tasted like. It wasn't some weird mixture. No. It's like it, you had both tastes simultaneously, but not mixed. If it was, like, cookies and cream or, like, yeah, wild berry, that, that would have been bad. It would have been a weird mixture. This didn't really mix as much as it just tasted like a cinnamon yeah. Pop-Tart and pasta sauce. Yeah. It wasn't bad. I mean, I, I would never eat that. Not, yeah, not going to sit would never, down to have that. I would never do it. Like, But, like, given the opportunity, somebody hands one to you, it's like, yeah, it's not bad. That, that was a good moment. Yeah. I think one of the funnier ones was when we had to – Stop the podcast because Coach Moore's wife was calling him right in the middle of it. Oh, yeah. <sighs> yep. Stopping mid-podcast so he could talk to his wife because she kept calling him. That was good. Good uh, moment. Um, I remember when we had Sal on. I was sick as a dog. I don't think you had anything to say. No, I had a long day at work or something. I got there late. The conversation itself ended up being pretty horrendous. Yeah. And then we actually edited it, or I edited it together. I told Sal, I'm like, I, I know that was rough. Just, like, get, let me work my magic here. And it turned out pretty decent. Yeah, I remember it started off rough. Like, we'd have to stop because it's like, you just asked a question, now it's my turn, and yep. I didn't have one. <laughs> and so I had to stop, think of a question. So it was, like, really pieced together. Yeah. I remember Sal yelling at us. He's like, come on, like, pull it together, guys. Let's go. Come on. You know, Mid shows up. How's it going, guys? Like, these guys are, you know, Sal's like, these guys are killing me. It's like, sorry, dude. Like, we both don't feel good. Yeah. Hold on. We'll pull it together. Yeah. It's going to be piece, man. Like, we're going to piece it together, but we'll get there. That was a tough one. Yeah. It, it's, and it wasn't, that was so, it wasn't Sal. No, it was yeah, like, that's we what, were both. It was so, it's disappointing because like he was a great guest. Mm-hmm. He had so many things that he was ready to talk about. He was excited to talk about. And we just we showed up. We dropped the ball. We showed up weak. Oh man. Like just I remember, neither of us feeling good. Yeah. I had no energy whatsoever. I was like I, I was shivering in a cold sweat, wearing a hoodie, sipping on a hottie toddy, just trying not to die. Mm-hmm absolute dumpster fire of an in-person podcast that somehow turned out to be listenable yeah the magic of editing yep yeah i kind of forgot about that one that was good you know because it's not just a coach this is a guy that knows football very well yeah good player um he did he did coach for yeah, a little he while, while. Yeah, he coached for a while so like you know good player coaching experience but now it's the perspective of was he the principal at the time? Or was he no, superintendent? he was superintendent. He was superintendent? Yeah. yeah. So, superintendent. 
so it's like a different a couple of different questions mm-hmm. a little bit more school related things going on but yeah he was i just remember he was so excited to yeah. do it and he was so ready and then we just both showed up lame ducks not just, on our a game yeah that was one of my more disappointing moments yep. of all the podcasts i think it did come out all right but we could have done so much better oh i would have if i could have one podcast over again yeah. that would be it yeah, absolutely I agree. So, yeah. You know, let us know. Uh, take us down memory lane. What else you got? There's probably so many things we forgot. <sighs> Definitely so many things we forgot. Jim's saying that he doesn't go past Walmart. Top five moment <sighs> in PSP history. That was one. I wasn't there for that one. I was out of town. I think that was... the. F- was that the first podcast I ever missed? I don't know. I th- it was either the first or second I ever missed. <laughs> I don't know. And so it was like... <laughs> Okay. It was. It was. Point being, it was yeah. the first or second time I had to listen to it as a fan, not having been there for the conversation yeah. the first time. And you guys, I remember you specifically saying like, "Jim dropped something that is just going to piss you off." I'm like, "Oh God, what am I?" So I'm like, I'm listening for it like through the first half, and then I kind of forgot that and he told me that. And, and right at the very end, he's like, "Hey, don't go past Walmart." Like, <sighs> <laughs> the thing is, I forget who else was there. I think Andrew. Mm-hmm. And maybe Matt? That no, Matt was sound right, but Matt was there for the first one. So that was the second one I missed because Matt was there for the first one. So is it just you. Andrew and Jim then? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't think Andrew picked up on what Jim said or just like took it at its word. Like I don't go past Walmart. That's a weird thing to say. I'm yeah. like, okay, whatever. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, this happened in a millisecond. It's like, yeah. What are you talking about? You go past Walmart all? Oh my God, he means Kmart. <laughs> And, and by go past, and he, he means, means don't, go past, he means don't go east of. Yeah. I don't go east of Kmart. Don't it's even like, go past Walmart. It's like, I don't like to go east of Kmart, is the saying. And to for that to come out of, I don't go past Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it is. I was like, what do you mean? Oh, my God. <laughs> you really messed that one up, didn't you? Top five. Top five moment for sure. Yeah, that's probably one like fans don't care about at all. No, nope. but like for us, just the whole gym experience. The gym experience. <laughs> How about the cold open where uh, you did the fight intro? I hated gym. that. The I hated that. We did have a big fight over that one. I know. I was like embarrassed by it. I didn't want you to use it. I thought it was hilarious. Like it was good. I think people liked it. It wasn't meant to be a cold open. Like, I was just doing it. That was... Are, are we used to... It used to take us an hour and a half to start a podcast. We would just sit there and talk. Yeah. Because, like, nope, Hank didn't want to do the intro. Correct. So... I didn't hear you stepping up to do it. So we would just have an hour and a half of messing around. And with that, I did the... <laughs> out of nowhere. Yeah. Something brought it up. Like, I didn't just think of it. Something brought up doing the, like, UFC boxing style intro. And I did it, and you stole it and used it as the cold open. And, and that, I was not happy about it. Because that was the shtick for the cold opens for a while, is we would record all that. And, and we just, then we I would, would just find pick something, out, yeah. yeah. Pick something out of that hour. Almost nothing BS. was ever planned to be the... Yeah. And then that just, like, we ran out of content for that, and that's kind of why that stopped. I used to hate that. We would we would sit there for an hour. Because it did get to you, the point where it's like I'm look I'm like trying to force conversation to mm-hmm. get something to pop that we can use exactly and that's what I, and like sometimes you'd be in on it like sometimes you would say something knowing it might be the cold open yeah 
But the worst is when we're having an hour-long conversation and we're like, Hank, will you just do the intro already? Like, holy crap, let's do it. And then I say something and you just put, you take your pencil, you write the time down, and you go right into the intro. Like you're Superman. You're no longer afraid to do the intro. And it's like, damn it, that's the cold open, isn't it? God! (laughs) He's just sitting there waiting. And then you finally heard something. It's like, yeah, that'll work. And welcome <laughs> to the Black... No! That is pretty much exactly how that would Don't go. use that as the cold open, please. <laughs> oh, man. I think... And then it got to the point where it's like, kind of even as going down the stretch of having those, it was like, I remember this being a lot funnier in the moment. <laughs> Gonna have to use it because this is all I got. Yeah, but. whatever. But let us know what your favorite moment was, what your favorite episode was, your favorite guest, you know, whatever, you know. Yeah. Tell us whatever you liked or didn't like. I don't care. You know. yeah. um, Give us your opinion. Yeah. I think we should probably wrap this up. Definitely the this, longest uh, one this season. You know, this whole duct tape operation running here. You know, see, we, we switched computers <laughs> that yeah. we were recording on this year because Jim decided to build a computer specifically for the podcast. Purpose made for podcasting. And we didn't use it at all last year because it had issues all year, and then we started using it this year, but now the program is like out... Somehow. Somehow older than the one I downloaded three years ago to four years ago. Holy crap, four years ago to start this whole operation. So is this the fourth season? Uh, Yeah. Okay, so somehow in our fourth season, we're now using editing softwares and programs that are way worse and inefficient than what we were doing in our first year. Yeah. So hopefully this doesn't get messed up. And that was the issue with week one. We recorded one and it didn't save or transfer right. Or We oh had man, a it was, fairly it was a, good like it's a 90 minute conversation. Yeah, so we had to redo it. But so far we've been able to make this work every week so far without another issue so i don't know i'm worried that if it gets too long there might be some kind of transfer issue or something i hope not because this is actually like it's weird as we get better at the actual talking portion we take like five steps back with the whole editing and actually making sure it gets saved portion i guess at any point we could like go on and upgrade (laughs) all the software on this computer but We haven't done that yet. No. Never get around to it. Maybe we'll do it sometime this weekend or something. You know, that's one of those things. It's like it's not. It's on the list. It's it's on the list. (laughs) It's on the list. It's one of those things that's like you don't think about it until it's like, ah, I should have did this like at any point in the last week. Yeah, time to podcast. Ah, it's still the old software. Dang it. What's one one more week, right? (laughs) Yeah. What's one more week? All right. Let's wrap it up. Um, Send us your answers. For Hank's dumb question of what Maslin's tell is, how if you know if we're doing a check with me or not, get a chance to win a free koozie. If you give some amazing answer, like maybe I'll even make a shirt for you. Yeah. You know, I thought it was like that'd be a nice idea for some fan interaction. Not having any idea this conver- this whole conversation about favorite episodes and moments would happen, which is just a much better fan interaction than I just appreciate. I, I appreciate your nerdiness that thinking. What's Maslin's tell for their check with me is a good fan interaction question. I didn't think it was a good fan interaction question. I thought it was a fan interaction question. You were hoping one person would answer for a free koozie. We've had this conversation. I might not give you great ideas, but I will give you ideas. I will give you an idea. Um, But, yeah, got a couple decent designs for koozies. Um, With that, like I said, if you DM us, 
I'll let you take your own pick of whatever you want. We okay, can, can I ask a you a question? One. You've hit the with that pretty hard like three times in the last 20 minutes. With are the, you, are you doing that? With that? With that. Man. Are you doing that on purpose? No, I'm not. Because I thought you were. Cause you're like, Is it that bad? No. I, I mean, Matt likes to make fun of you for saying that a lot. No, that's not what he, that's not what he made fun of me for. What was it? I've never said with that. It was, um, yeah. um, damn. Ah. It's a really common one. People yeah. say it all the time. Yep. It is a very common one. And now a, that like I hear it, it's it's like just it's a perfect response for radio, TV commentary, podcasts, um, whatever it may be, whatever it may or be, whatever yes. it. It's when I think You're I'm like, talking about the right thing, but I might be off by one, or, or you start listing a couple things and then you yeah, it's end like, it with that. Yeah, it's like, or I just don't want to list all of them. You don't want somebody coming back to you and be like, oh, idiot, right. that was the wrong, you said the wrong one, yeah. or you left out one. So, so you just kind of leave it as like, ah, oh, whatever you may be. And I promise you, if you start listening for it, you're going to hear it all the time. Oh, yeah, I hear it People constantly say now. it so um, much. But, but like you started, started saying, you started hitting with that pretty with hard. That. I thought you were doing that on purpose. I'm like, no, eh, I'm a pretty good bit. With that, no, I'm, I'm trying to sell my yeah. koozie and shirt design ah. stuff right now. So with that... Let us know what design you want on your koozie just uh, or shirt. Walking in and actually seeing these koozies, it once you see them, it won't take much of a sell because I'm kind of eyeing that four horsemen one there. I like how you kept saying because Hank has Hank has a professional koozie, like an aluminum yeah. koozie, um, specifically for his drink of choice. Fits perfect and. So then I have these custom printed ones. Hank's like, yeah, I think I'm going to use one of those on Friday instead of my nice professional aluminum koozie. So it's like, hey, this I might be onto something here. You know, got to support local business. Support the local business by <laughs> freely taking one of my koozies. Um, yeah, I do like the four horse. I, I saw that as a window decal on somebody's yeah. car. And I, and I was like, wow, that's really cool. Like It was a silhouette of the four horsemen of Notre Dame. And I was like, there's probably not, like, a huge percentage of people that know what that is. Mm-hmm. But, like, I recognize it right away, and I'm like, that's awesome. I love that. I'm not even a Notre Dame fan, so I'm really just riding the connection of the quarterback being for Maslin. Yep. <laughs> so I'm just using it as a Maslin thing now because <laughs> I'm not a big Notre Dame fan. But um, I love the design of it. So it's like, I'm going to use it. I'm going to use the Four Horsemen silhouette as a design. And if anybody asks, it's because Harry Stuhl Dreher – was from Aslan. Yep. Nailed it. Got it. <laughs> so, uh, with that. With that. I will see anybody up at the tailgate on Friday that wants a free koozie. You know, maybe bullshit with us a little bit. Eat a hot dog or something. Yeah. Enjoy a nice refreshment or two. And uh, beat St. Ed's. Beat St. Ed's. Yeah,